0: We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey.
1: All right, how's everybody doing? We are getting ready for game time against Tampa Bay today, and I would hope, I would hope, I would hope that the Sharks are looking for revenge. I know that can sometimes sound like a cheap little bit of a motivator, but I'm sorry you got blown out by him last time. If I'm the Sharks right now, I don't like how that sits I think we've shown we're better than that. If you look at the games against Carolina, Washington, and Florida, you might not be able to beat Tampa because they're an incredible team, but you can have a much, much, much better showing. As we get ready for today's game, the Sharks are 22, 20, and 3, 47 points on the year, fifth in the wild card standings, but only one point back of Calgary for that final wild card spot. So nothing is over in any way, shape, or form for the San Jose Sharks, but it just makes. A game like today that much bigger, if they can get two points and be over 500 for the road trip, it would be massive. If they can get one point and get four out of potential eight points, I'd love that as well. If we look at the Sharks right now, sixth in the Pacific. They've dropped a little bit. They have, again, 47 points. Uh, Again, tied in points with Edmonton. One point back of fourth place Calgary. Six back of LA. Eight back of Anaheim. And eight back of Vegas. So the division getting a little bit more stretched out. But again, let's see where things are when all is said and done for the San Jose Sharks. Now, of course, we know the Sharks have been dealing with a lot as of late in terms of injury. They lost Eric Carlson. They've been in without Jacob Middleton. And then in Saturday's game, Mario Ferraro takes that puck to the face. And then he is done for that game. And then the follow-up game on Sunday against Carolina. And all signs were pointing to him not being ready to go again until after the all star slash Olympics slash whatever we're calling this now break. Uh, That is not the case. Mario Ferraro came and rapped on Bob Bugner's door and told him that he was going to play, which I find remarkable. He spent two and a half hours getting oral surgery on Sunday morning. Think about that. Now, he's ready to play on Tuesday afternoon. So, again, that just tells you what Mario Ferraro is like, and uh, you you got to hear these quotes about this uh, from Mario Ferraro's perspective. Uh, This is, I mean, it's gruesome, but it's fascinating.
2: Yeah, I... uh... Yeah, obviously I, I got my stick in there to, to block the shot and it came up and hit me in the the top part of my mouth. Uh, I lost one tooth and then my other two kind of um, bent backwards a little bit. So they just tried to <clears throat> fix my uh, the top of my mouth here, like the upper jaw kind of palate. Um, but uh, it's it was a tough... 12 hours until I was able to, to really get treated in uh, the, the proper way. And then after that, uh, I just feel better since then.
1: Again, the mentality of these guys just so much different than what it is for average human beings of which I include myself. I, uh, you know, he's going to wear a full cage. He's going to be out there and the sharks need everyone they can get against Tampa tonight. It's not going to be easy.
2: Yeah, no, I <laughs> thank you. I was mumbling, Yesterday, because uh, my lip was a little bit swollen, I couldn't really get many words out. I'm still kind of trying to get used to the the arrangement on my teeth right now. But uh, uh no, see, the swelling's gone down, and I'm, I'm talking a lot better now.
1: It's a little bit different when we're talking about a facial injury, too, because we hear these stories about guys playing on, you know, banged up shoulders and torn ligaments and broken bones and all those things. But when it's the face, it's not the face, not the face. You do have that reaction. So, I mean, when you hear... I mean, Cooch went through this a couple years ago, and I remember that one. Oh, I mean, I remember for... If we're talking about nasty-looking injuries, I remember when Cooch took that puck to the groin, and he very deadpan said after the game, I thought I lost my testicle. Um, I still don't think that injury affected me as much as the one that he took to the face, uh, because that was uh, that was remarkable. And just to give you a little background on the, the Cooch one, I don't know... Um, if he shared it at the time, but I think there happened to be an oral surgeon either at the arena or when he was taken to, um, I don't know, an emergency dental place or wherever it was. But he said that they, his palate, I think, had collapsed. And he said that the woman put her thumb into the roof of his mouth and had to push it back up. And he said that she told him that this is going to hurt a lot now, but you'll thank me for it. And I, again, that sends shivers up and down my spine when I think about how awful that is because I, I just, I can't, I can't, I mean, again, taking a puck to the groin, I'm sure that's terrible. The one with the mouth seems to hit me even that much worse. So to hear these guys talk about it again, uh, you know, people overuse the warrior mentality or they think it's overused, but I mean, you, you have to be that mentality of just, I'm going to go out there and do battle and uh, you know, my arm just got knocked off, but it's just a scratch, right?
2: Yeah. Like I said earlier, that was the hardest part. um, But I mean, it was important that I I got this someone that, you know, could treat me well. And so I wouldn't have to you know, find myself doing more than more than a few treatments, you know, so it was important that I saw someone well, and they knew in Carolina that there's someone that could see me and do a good job. And, um, you know, that's it happens, you know, you can't, there's not much you can do. Obviously, it sucked. But, uh, you know, I'm here now and it could be a lot worse. So I'm just thankful that, uh, you know, I am where I am right now.
1: Ferraro also talked about the importance of the break happening right now is like we've talked about. The team is very, very banged up right now and they need to get healthy.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's, you know, we need that break. I th- think that, you know, we deserve that that break and we got to take advantage of it to recover and, and come in real strong. We know it's going to be a, a tough second half. There's going to be a lot of games. Um in, in a short period of time so it's it's you know we've worked really hard we've had a lot of tough schedules and we're coming off of one of the tough road, toughest road trips here so uh, it's going to be uh, real important for us for sure
1: now on to head coach bob bugner who gave us the surprising update that mario ferraro was going to play as well as jake middleton
0: mario and jacob are back so mario will go back with bernsey um i'll put mids with uh um vlasic just to, you know, sort of ease him and he hasn't played for a while. And then Meghna Milosh, Um, you know, I think that uh, Meghna Malosh played really well against Carolina, um, you know, mids we've missed, obviously that big physicality. Uh, and Mario is just, you know, a little bit of an inspiration What he went through the last few days to be playing tonight, it's pretty amazing. So, uh, you know, it's a different look and I think it's a look we need against uh, against this team.
1: And yes, Bugner was not expecting Mario Ferraro to play. I think he was like the rest of us and figured we'd see Ferraro on the other side of the break.
0: Yeah, I'm shocked. I think that uh, um, the other night to see what kind of injury he had and see what he went through and, you know, meeting with surgeons, uh, flying on a plane with a piece of gauze in his mouth, trying to keep his, you know, his teeth together and his bones together. Um until he saw the surgeon, and then uh, um, you know, and got a two and a half two and a half hours of surgery in a chair, and, and he comes in today and he taps on my door, knocks on my door, and says, "I want to play." I mean, that just shows you, um, you know, the passion he has, and and uh, you know, he's 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 definitely a warrior.
1: Now, an interesting question was asked by Sheng Peng of San Jose Hockey Now and also NBC Sports California about the fact that it used to be the West Coast swing going through San Jose, Anaheim, and L.A. was one of the toughest trips in the NHL for any team. But now it's teams going to Carolina, Florida, and Tampa Bay as one of the toughest road trips in the NHL. This is what Bugner had to say.
0: I think so. I think that, uh, you know... All these teams are, are sort of uh, uh, peaking or at their best, uh, um, you know, as of as of late. And I think that uh, their home records, if you look at their home records, it's pretty impressive uh, what they've done, um, you know, and it's uh, every building. I mean, Florida is a different building now. Carolina is a different building than it ever was before. And, and of course, Tampa, and you don't have to speak uh, any further on that. This is, uh, you know, quite the atmosphere in here and the energy. And, uh, you know, for a young team, you want to make sure what we – stay focused because there's a lot going on. It's extremely loud. And, uh, you know, they're a team that the first five, 10 minutes, they use that uh, energy to jump on you. As for the goalie situation, it is going to be Reimer tonight with Sachenko backing up. So, Rhymes is back in and Sachenko is backing up. And, um, you know, Hill's been doing a lot of therapy in the last uh, four or five days on the trip. The plan is is he'll get back uh, um, early next week and, and, you know, do some more off ice um, and then and get on the ice here mid next week and should be ready to practice with us when we get back.
1: Now, while also talking about the injury front, we also got an update on Nikolai Kanijov for the first time in what feels like a long time
0: to be honest with you uh, when we left town he was not skating I don't believe he's skating yet and uh, yeah he's uh, um, in the midst of a very very hard rehab so that's really the only update I have on you it doesn't look like you'll see uh, anything in the near future on that
1: I didn't say the update was a good update but it's good that we at least know what's going on with kejaab and I hope that we see him out on the ice sooner than later I don't know when that's going to be I don't think the Sharks know when that's going to be, but I really enjoyed watching him last year and hope that he can get back out there and be a part of this team again because he was good. No, no doubt about it. Bugner was also asked about Timo Meyer now that he's about to go to his first all-star game and has emerged as a definite impact and or all-star caliber player, obviously by the election, but now there is the talk of should he be considered as one of those upper echelon players.
0: Well, I think that, you know, from what he's done so far this year, I think he's, uh, um, you know, I think you put him in a conversation as, as, you know, having the best year of any of our, any of our players, but also if you compare him to the rest of the league, five on five and his, and his uh, analytics and everything else, I think, yeah, he's coming in to his own, you know, I don't, put him in that class of the McDavid's McKinnon's kind of thing. I mean, they, uh, but I think if you look at strictly power forward, you know, and you compare him to the rest of the power forwards in the league, I think he's up there in that conversation for sure.
1: And I don't think that's incorrect either. I think that Timo Meyer has a remarkable career in front of him, and I think that he is really just starting to scratch the surface in terms of how good he can be. He is still quite young. I still think he has many more years to continue to getting better, and I just, I like being on the ride right now. I like watching the upward trend of Timo Meyer, and I think that however good he is this year, I think he has the potential to be that much better the year after, because we've seen him, you know, as a 30-goal scorer before, then he had a little bit of a step backwards, but the way he's played in the first half of this year, it's hard not to think about him as being one of the best players in the NHL and certainly one of the most impactful players in the NHL. I mean, we're, we're talking about a guy that had five goals in a game. You know, not only is that a franchise record, that's one of the most historic days in the history of the league. You don't just accidentally score five goals. You only do that if you're one of the most supremely talented and uniquely gifted athletes that are out there in the NHL and, you know, anywhere in the world. I mean, that just doesn't, that is a rare occurrence. One question that I did ask Bob was something that I've talked about. I think both here on the build-up and on Morning Tide is that I get concerned about the Sharks playing to the le- level of their opposition because they've gone out there and they've beaten Carolina, they've beaten Washington, they've played really well against um, a Florida, a Carolina. They have beaten Carolina earlier in the year, but then they've also had losses to the Kraken. And you know, I asked Bob if that was something that he worried about, or if each game should be looked at individually.
0: Uh, you know, I think if I look back at the season, I think there's been games, obviously, where we've been off at the wrong times, but there's also been a lot of games where we've, you know, we've showed up and we've competed. I think, you know, the game against Tampa Bay last week was uh, really not a reflection on how we prepare for the best teams or how we compete against the best teams. And, uh, you know, every team has those off nights, and, and uh, you try and limit those, obviously, but, uh, um, Hopefully we learn from that. I think we uh, we know that uh, when we're not detailed and, you know, our competes a bit off, then uh,
1: you can get embarrassed by the good teams and uh, no better team than that tonight. And I also asked if the blueprint for a game that we saw against Washington and against Carolina was more what they were looking to do tonight against Tampa Bay, as opposed to the game against Florida, which was a track meet. And although the Sharks had great energy, it's maybe not as sustainable. Yeah, I do. I do. I think that, uh,
0: um, you know, we, we were very good defensively against Washington, even though they went off in the third period, a little bit, uh, Florida, we didn't like our game defensively, but you see what they're doing in the, in the league here. They're high octane offense. And, you know, we scored enough goals to win in in Washington and Florida. Unfortunately we couldn't get that extra goal we needed in Carolina. And we were down the last two minutes, three minutes before we got a point. But again, our details were real good uh, for a back-to-back situation against a good team and a hard building that we, I liked our game. Um, that, yeah, we have to draw on the pauses of each of those games. Um, you know, I think we did some good things offensively the first two games and some really good things defensively in Carolina. So that's how our take is tonight. Um, you know, it's a it's a game where uh, uh, we got a, a big break after this and it's time to uh, get some rest. But it's also a chance to go 500 on a trip that uh, we would have definitely signed up for that uh, um,
1: coming in. It's a, it's the toughest trip of the year. Gosh, walking away with five points out of this road trip would be remarkable. Four points would be great, but if they could get two today against Tampa, my word, that would be, I mean, it wouldn't be a coup, and we have a level of expectation with the Sharks, but to have that kind of a win and to have that type of a performance on a road trip where you get points in three out of four games in the toughest swing of the season in terms of a road trip, it'd be massive, not just in terms of the points in and of itself, but I think it would go a long way for the, The confidence of the team and their overall mentality to realize like, hey, nothing that's happening is a fluke. Nothing's happening by accident. We can hang with anybody. We can go out there and play against the best games in the NHL and give ourselves a chance to win, which they beat Washington. They got a point versus Florida and they were edged by Carolina. They were not blown out in any of these games. They went toe-to-toe with three of the best teams in the league, and now they get an opportunity to show that those other three games weren't a fluke because Tampa Bay, again, they are of the best teams in the NHL this year, and I look at them as the reigning back-to-back champions as one of the best teams that I think that I may have ever seen. I mean, obviously, there's a recency bias, and I am prone to that just like anybody else, but I do think that when I look at the Sharks in this road trip, if they can get four points, if they can somehow get five points, I just think that would do a lot for the team's confidence, especially at a very rough point for the team lately, where they've lost Eric Carlson, where they had to go without a player like Mario Ferraro for, you know, a great portion of two games where they just barely were able to uh, be edged for, for losses. You know, they, they played really, really well and they are not at full strength. And listen, I know that's the narrative of every game and every season for every team in the NHL. You are rarely at full strength, but when we look at the talent that the Sharks have or do not have top to bottom compared to some of the teams they're going up against, I think that being able to get a win or being able to get a point would show, yes, they are able to go toe-to-toe. They are able to enact their will against the best teams. And then you take that on the other side when you've got a little bit more health and you've got a little bit more more rest. And we're I assume, unless things tra- change drastically, we are not going to see this, the same type of COVID absences that we saw you know, before the break, because the rules are changing, obviously. So there's a lot of things that can change for the Sharks moving forward. There's a lot of things that can be in a positive direction. Yeah, of course, there's a lot of things that can go negative for the Sharks going forward. But, you know, we keep on looking ahead at this schedule. And I think that after the break... You have the game against Edmonton, which I view as a winnable game. You have the game against Vancouver, winnable game. Vegas at home, first time we've seen them all year. Again, I view that as a winnable game, but it's not going to be easy. But you have three home games right on the other side of the break in which you can get momentum. You go into Anaheim, then you're home against the Islanders, a winnable game. Home against Boston looking for revenge, and then home against Seattle. You know, you only have two games on the road, including today's before the end of the month. So the Sharks have got to take advantage of this. And these are makeup games, Edmonton and Vancouver, from that earlier part of the season, uh, right before Christmas, where we had games delayed due to the COVID situation. So you can, you know, make up these games and give yourself a great opportunity. And I know everybody's talking about the games-in-hand situation. Well, when these teams are making up those games-in-hand that they have on the Sharks, they're going to be playing a lot of hockey. And they're going to be getting tired so you know there's a there's two sides of this coin that you can look at and I choose to look at the side whichever skews more positively from the Sharks because I just try to skew positive in general I think you've been given an opportunity up to this point of the year where you are definitely in contention and you can do everything in your power to remain in contention for a playoff spot I again do not look at this season as the be all end all of playoffs or no playoffs I'm looking for improvement from last year that's what Tomáš
2: yeah, i think so i think we uh we, we play b- better hockey you know we got some tough games but i think we got some close games we sh- we should win and and uh i think it's uh, better i think than last year i think we show uh we give have a hard working team and every time you know we put everything we can beat anybody but same time because we don't have skills like our team we can really like slow down and like it's 20 minutes off because we it's not our team but otherwise in locker room everything you know was it's a lot of fun and you know really enjoying every minute in locker room right now even with with some tough games i think it's still like uh the locker room was you know i think better than you
1: know before and you can interpret that last statement however you want to interpret it, but I think that Tomas Hurdle speaks to the fact that the team is trending in the right direction. That has been my one desire throughout the entirety of this season. Are they better week to week, month to month? And I think the answer is yes. I think that we've got no better example than what we've seen out of this trip, which has been against very, very tough opposition. We know what Washington is. We know what Florida is. We know what Carolina is. And we know what Tampa is. And Tampa, yeah, they they showed the Sharks what they are not too long ago. And so I would just hope that the Sharks are able to have a Great effort to finish off this road trip and empty the tank as you go into the break. And I know it's an overused term. I know that it's a bit cliche, but you know what? These cliches exist for a reason because the coaches, the Bob Bugner, the guy who played previously for a long time in the NHL, he knows that you have to empty the tank, that if you have this opportunity to go into a break on any bit of positivity, because if you don't, it's going to eat away at you. And I think that is gonna be something to deal with and you can maybe come out playing a little bit too desperate out of the break. But if the Sharks can get a point, maybe even two out of this game, then you give yourself something to build on. You give yourself the mentality that you need going forward and that's that's why you empty the tank. You do that to give yourself confidence moving forward. Not overconfidence, but confidence. I don't think the Sharks have ever been overconfident this year. I don't think the Sharks have ever been underconfident this year. I think that they have been inconsistent, without a doubt, But I also think that the grand scheme is a team that is better week to week, month to month. And I also think there's no better time to display that better mentality from one week to the next than what happened against Tampa last week versus what they can do against Tampa this week. Or, okay, it was nine days ago, but you get my point. That wraps it up for this edition of The Buildup. I'll see you all tomorrow morning on Morning Tide.